Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Freeman, Matt F. The Oracle. It's Friday, so it is time for the Prop Pod. And joining me to break down 10 of our favorite player props on the board is Jeff Ulrich, a.k.a. The Fantasy Grind. First, though, Thursday Night Football. Before we get into the props, let's talk a little Thursday Night Football because it was probably the best Thursday Night Football game we have had in quite a while. The Cowboys win, but did not cover. It was a great back-and-forth high-scoring game. Coincidentally, both teams had seven full days of rest. Uh, which, you know, maybe played a factor in the quality of the game. I guess all we need to get good Thursday night football is seven days of rest for these teams, which feels like an impossibility unless every Thursday is Thanksgiving. Anyway, the Cowboys have lost to both the 49ers and the Eagles, but they look like they're very much in the tier of those teams. And then the Seahawks, their slide continues. They've lost three straight. They have upcoming games against the 49ers and the Eagles at six and six. They are in danger of falling out of the playoffs. Jeff, thoughts on these two teams moving forward? You know, I mean, I've, I've been waiting for a game like that from Seattle all year. I know they didn't win, but like they went toe to toe with a really good team. And I mean, they've they've gone toe to like they went toe to toe with Seattle or Cincinnati when they had Burrow. I do think there's a lot of talent on Seattle. I just don't think this is their year for me. And maybe it's not. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they do need like an upgraded quarterback. But I do think there's a lot of talent on that team. But they're just they're just not at that level to like take out these other teams. The other thing with Dallas is I think Dak is playing incredible football. I, I will say this. Uh, my, the one thing that worries me about Dallas is all their wins. Like, and I, people are going up against this, but like people have talked about this, but like the four teams they've played with either winning records or 500 records, the chargers, the Seahawks, the 49ers and the Eagles, it's either been close games or losses. Like, it's a little concerning. I mean, but you do have to love the way Dak is playing. So I feel like the Cowboys starting to finally just like settle into where they're elite. But are they like the best of the best? I don't know yet. I would still take other teams over them, but certainly Dak Prescott playing at like the highest level of his career, in my opinion. So. Yeah, he's playing at a an MVP caliber yeah. type of level, especially since the blowout loss to the 49ers. He has just been dialed in since then. And um, yeah, if the Cowboys record were a little bit better, uh, Dak would be the MVP front runner, in my opinion. And I, I think I will actually probably write about the MVP scenario um, in the newsletter coming up for yeah. Sunday, because I mean, it's, it's really intriguing. And I think um, I think the NFC is going to get the MVP. Uh, I think the AFC is just very convoluted. Uh, none of the guys there are really standing out, but yeah, however, it it comes out of the NFC. If it's the Cowboys as the number one seed, Dak really wins. If it's the 49ers as the number one seed, that means that you would have had Brock Purdy having a pretty good season with the 49ers beating both the Eagles and the Cowboys. And if the Eagles are the number one seed, you have already the, the front runner in the market on the team with the number one seed. So it feels like the NFC is the the conference that's going to produce the It feels the like the best value right now is Brock Purdy. Because if yes. he beats Jalen Hurts this week, I mean, I don't see how his odds don't get incredibly shorter from what they are now. He's still plus 1,100. It's, I know. I mean, it, this is the guy who leads the league in yeah. adjusted yards per attempt, uh, composite completion percentage uh, over expectation, and EPA and ESPN's QBR. Like, if you had to pick three metrics that predict the MVP, those yeah. would be the ones. And uh, he's on a team that if they beat the Eagles, then they would have beat the head to head, the two top teams in their conference. Um, yeah, I think Brock Purdy has a, a very good chance. So 
we we will have to see. All right, let's get into the props that we like for week 13. As always, a few notes. You can find our props and lots of other bets in our free Fantasy Life Bet Tracker. You can check out our Discord where we sometimes will post props that we are playing and other bets. Uh, we have projections, my projections, along with official site projections, which are managed by Dwayne McFarland, and the free Fantasy Life Projections tool. Of course, we have the Fantasy Life Prop Tool, which allows you to compare our projections with props across the market. And then remember, of course, our lines and projections, uh, they always do change. All right, Jeff, let's start with you. We've got 10 props that we like for this week. Of course, again, I'll say it. we have many more props that we like for the weekend. You can find them in the bet tracker, but these are the 10 we're going to highlight for the show, which is the first one you want to talk about. Yeah, it's it's a good point to start off with because there's actually a lot of props on players haven't been released yet due to injuries and stuff, and I'm sure I'll be adding to this. But uh, I, I went with one for for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Patrick Mahomes over 4.5 rush attempts. It's plus 135 at bet 365. We have him projected for 4.7 rush attempts. So right off the bat, it's just we're leaning towards the over anyways, and we're getting plus money. It's kind of a no-brainer. And then really, like, these are just, again, it's just good odds for something. He's done this in 7 of 11 games this year. He's gone over 4 rush attempts. Um, he's gone over 4.5 rush attempts, so he's had 5 or more. Like, I mean, I, I I really don't need too much analysis here. This is just, you're giving me plus 135 on something this guy's done in 7 of 11 games. Patrick Mahomes' game is, he's just a very savvy runner with his legs. He's not, he's not Lamar Jackson. He's not going to take off and go for 70 yard runs. Although he does get some big gains, but he's just a very savvy runner and he knows where the sticks are. And he's probably going to take off like a few times in this game. And the other scenario is here. We have the chiefs as favorites. You could get some kneel downs. Um, like we only need five rush attempts. So this is just to me again. I I don't need to. There's just not much else for me to go into. I'm not going to go into like oh Green Bay's like this kind of defense or whatever. It's just we have this projected as a as a slight over. We're getting plus one thirty five. We're not even getting plus one hundred. We're getting plus one thirty five. And Mahomes has done this in seven of eleven games. I'm just taking the over here. Um, yeah, this one just stood out to me as kind of just got got to at least put a little small unit on it. Um, if nothing else for Sunday Night Football. Yeah, I, I like this. I'm going to want to think about it a little bit more. Not that we need double exposure in the bet tracker, but um, yeah, I, I do like this bet. And as you mentioned, it's always nice to uh, have the benefit of getting some potential kneel downs. It's always like the worst scenario to take an under on a, a quarterback who's favored, and then he hits the over because he gets three kneel downs at the end of a game. So yeah. uh, you you have the the extra little bonus there. All right, for my first prop highlighting here, I do it every week. It feels like a tradition at this point, uh, very much like Thanksgiving. I'm just going to keep on going with it. Christian McCaffrey, anytime touchdown. I bet this at minus 210. I believe it is now minus 220. I have this projected just a shade under minus 250. So I still think that there's some value in this market. And look, I know this is chalky. I'm not trying to be a hero. OK, it's a it's maybe a little bit cheap to continue to go back to CMC ATD for multiple weeks in a row, but I see value in the line. And plus, I get to do the same blurb over and over again. So we all win uh, from from my perspective. But, you know, hitting hitting the highlights here, Christian McCaffrey, 25 games with the 49ers, 29 touchdowns. That's a pretty good ratio there. In all but four of his games with the 49ers, since he joined the team last year, he's hit pay dirt. So he scored a touchdown in 84% of his games with the team. This year, he has scored 
in every game but one. So a 90.9% hit rate there. Pretty good. And it all makes sense based on the way that he is being used within that offense. A league high 49 red zone carries and also has 12 red zone targets. He is the priority when the team is getting near the goal line. At minus 210, McCaffrey has a 67.7% implied probability of scoring a touchdown this week. And you can find that out by going to our Fantasy Life odds calculator, plugging in minus 210, and it will tell you what that converts into in terms of implied probability. I have his true odds of scoring as 71.2%. So, you know, not like a massive edge, but that, that is realistic. In betting markets, you almost never get an edge of 5%. 10%. And especially in the touchdown market, which tends to be heavily juiced, it's amazing to get any sort of edge. So going from a 67.7% implied probability in the market to my projection of 71.2%, I think that's pretty good value there. And, you know, Christian McCaffrey touchdown. I mean, come on, this is, uh, this just feels like the, the crossroads where the sharps and the squares can meet and to celebrate a guy scoring a touchdown and making money for all of us. So it's chalky, but I think it's profitable. Wasn't there a Britney Spears like movie crossroads? Is that right? I feel like there was, I, I that sounds, that sounds vaguely, it sounds <laughs> vaguely familiar. Although I will, uh, I will be honest. I'm not totally up to date on, uh, on Britney Spears, uh, uh, canon, but, um, I yeah, find that, that hard feels, to believe, but it feels familiar. No, look, I, what, I'm uh, I'm more of a, a Swifty. No, okay. I, I one of my biggest regrets for props or like every season I do this, but I find a prop that's great one week, and then it's like almost the same the next week, and I'm like, oh, I I can't bet it two weeks in a row. It'll never happen. And then it's just like the exact same thing happens because like why wouldn't it? You find a scenario where there's value. I mean, you might as well just keep betting until it goes away, right? So, oh, our producer is saying, yes, 2002 Britney Spears Crossroads movie. So my memory was being correct. Um, good job, like 18-year-old Jeff. Anyways. Um, yeah, you went you went back in the time machine 21 yes. years. Congrats. Um, but uh, yeah, again, like I, again, I, I, there's, there's, looks like there's value. I don't even say his, his props probably getting... It, it's a little bit higher than than it would be just because it's the Eagles, right? I mean, the Eagles rush defense is probably causing this. Instead of being at like minus 300, it's probably sitting around minus 210, minus 250 range because it's the Eagles. But I I, I mean, they're going to score points this week. I think there's going to be lots yeah. of points in that game. So um, yeah, that I, m- makes yeah. sense. What, I, I would just keep playing it at this point too. What I might feels, play with you. <laughs> what feels ridiculous about this is that um, the market just is not adjusting even though this has been a profitable prop you yeah. know, for McCaffrey's duration in San Francisco, a especially profitable this year, the market has simply not adjusted far enough. Like this number should basically be minus 250 to minus 300 every week. Yeah. And every week you can find a couple of books that are priced closer to minus 200. So it just feels like you got to keep betting that until the entirety of the market moves to where it should. All right, Jeff, next prop on the board here. What is it that you like? I'm going to go Kieran Williams over 62.5 rushing yards. I was looking at Kieran Williams props this week. And I mean, there's a couple different ways I was looking at attacking it. Um, ultimately, I side with an over on the rush yards. And I think it makes a lot of sense. I like this matchup against the Browns. Um, but you look at Williams last week. Okay, like Royce Freeman was getting in when it was in the second half. But I mean, that game was over. 
I mean, just the fact that Sean McVay kept Kieran Williams playing in the second half, I think just shows you kind of the commitment that McVay wants to have to Williams. He's Williams played 70% of the snaps for the Rams in the first half when the game was still semi undecided. I think that shows a lot. And I think this game against the Browns will be a lot closer than it was against the Cardinals. I just think the Browns defense too good potentially to, to let this get away. I just think the Browns are too good to let this turn into some kind of laugh or I'm just not sure the Rams are good enough either, but um, also the Browns defense. I think this is a very good matchup for Kieran Williams since week seven. Um, they've allowed the highest explosive run rate against um, their ninth and missed tackles. They've got they're, like in terms of yards after contact, they allow a ton of that as well. So Kieran Williams, I expect to get, you know, again, 75% of the snaps in a close game. I think he will. I think Sean McVay showed over his career that when he has a back, he likes, especially in close games, he will absolutely run with them. And we have this projected as, as an over as well, even at 62 and a half rush yards. Um, the last time I checked our projections, I believe it was either in the high sixties or high seventies so, or low seventies. So, uh, I just like Kieran Williams, the way he's playing right now. I like the Rams commitment to him. And I think this is a, a, a sneaky good matchup for him against the Browns who really tough against the set in the secondary, really good tacklers in the secondary, not so much up front where they also are dealing with injury issues. I think Williams will have a big game this week. Uh, I like the over there. Yeah, you mentioned injury issues for the Browns. And by the way, I'll say like for people who aren't watching this on YouTube. So our our producer, James, he's noted before that we have uh, like in my scenario, uh, in my office setup, like I don't have curtains. So sometimes I'll have light shining on me. And he's like, okay, get a piece of cardboard and put it in front of the window. So we did that. But there's this one little sliver at the top of the window that's not covered. And it's just like funneling this ray of light. Uh, which I don't know, was that the name of a Madonna song? We're just, we're just nailing it today. <laughs> it's funneling this, this ray of light, just like straight <laughs> into my face. So, uh, I've got to figure out a different scenario here, but yes, you mentioned, you mentioned the Cleveland Browns here, uh, who have been dealing with injuries on the defense. So miles Garrett dealing with the shoulder injury. He's not certain to play. He hasn't practiced yet this week, a uh, linebacker, Anthony Walker. Uh, he didn't practice on Thursday dealing with hamstring and an illness and Denzel Ward, uh, the number one cornerback for the team. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. He hasn't practiced this week. So like at all three levels of the defense, yeah. uh, the, the Browns are diminished. And so I think that means a, an easier matchup for this offense for the Rams than we would have anticipated, which I think in turn means, uh, you know, more upside for Kieran Williams with the rushing production. So I like that there. All right, another prop that I've talked about before on the show. Justin Herbert over 0.5 interceptions. This was plus 130 when I originally bet it, and I believe it is still in that vicinity. I have this projected for around like plus 113, so uh, I think that there's some value there. And I think the, the books just aren't appreciating the consistency with which Herbert is turning the ball over. If you look at you know Bills quarterback Josh Allen, he's gotten lambasted this year for a league high 13 interceptions, which like that's fine, it's understandable, but Herbert actually has worse accuracy numbers this year. Herbert has 58 bad throws this year compared to Josh Allen who has 48. 
Herbert has a 14.8% bad throw rate compared to Josh Allen, 11.6%. So like, I'm not saying that Herbert is careless or reckless with the ball, but he's willing to take risk. And the Chargers often need him to be aggressive if they're going to stay in games and hence the interceptions. And on top of that, I mean, I didn't even put this in my notes, but it's not certain that Keenan Allen is going to play yeah. this week. He's been dealing with injuries. Uh, a quad injury didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. We'll want to monitor the injury report. But, you know, if Keenan Allen is out, Joshua Palmer uncertain to return from the IR this week. Obviously, Mike Williams is out. I mean, like Justin Herbert could be throwing to guys with whom he has like very little established connection, which I think that dynamic also tends to breed interceptions. So uh, I think just a negative situation in general for Justin Herbert. And if we look at what he's done since his rookie year, so, you know, like what rookies do, that's kind of its own thing. But the three, almost three full years now since his rookie season, uh, he has. 31 interceptions in 46 games. That's including the playoffs in 25 of his uh, games since his rookie year. That's 54.3%. He's had an interception. So in general, it's close to a coin flip and maybe like a little more than a coin flip in any game, just based on Herbert's baseline that he's going to throw an interception, but we're getting plus 130 odds. Like that is simply too low against a Patriots defense that is no longer as good as it used to be. It still has an interception in five of their six games since week six. And that is when they added uh, JC Jackson back into the starting lineup. By the way, JC Jackson in a hashtag revenge game against the Chargers. It would be very oh. fitting if he's the one who picked off Justin Herbert. But the, the Patriots defense wasn't as good at the beginning of the year, has gotten better since JC Jackson returned. So I think it's just a, a slightly negative setup for Justin Herbert. And if I can bet, on him throwing an interception at plus odds, I think there's value in that proposition. So that is where I am looking. Uh, Jeff, any thoughts on Justin Herbert? I mean, I was looking at the interception mark, and and honestly, like the only other one who I liked more than or as much as Herbert was kind of Gardner Minshew, set around the same price. But I think Herbert makes more sense with the Keenan Allen injury. Uh, I also just feel like, I mean, it's the Chargers, but I just feel like New England is somehow going to make this a real game this week and, and potentially put Herbert <laughs> yeah. in some, some bad spots late. I mean, I mean the, the chargers are just, again, if they don't have Keenan Allen, I think that's a great point. Like if they do not have Keenan Allen in this game, I will be betting this with you. Let, let's just put it that way. Um, I think it's a really bad spot for Herbert. Um, you know, the Patriots are at a point where it just, it can't get any worse. So I think this could actually be a closer game than people think, which is again, really good for this prop. So yeah, I, I liked, I think just the price again, this comes down to price. At plus 130, I mean, Herbert for his career has been, you know, like he throws it. He had a little good, a good stretch to start the year, but it's it's kind of regressed of late, too, with the interceptions. So, yeah, this is um, I think the price I think this is mispriced, like you said. All right, let's see here. Uh, you can still find this at, yes, plus 130 uh, at, at some books. So, yeah. Sure, always to shop around on this. All right, Jeff, your next prop here, Brandon Ayuk over 59 and a half receiving yards. Talk to me about this one. Yeah, um, this is just attacking a, a weak Eagles secondary with a player who is, I think, just extremely just little bit underappreciated just because of the offense that he's in and the fact they have Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel. But Brandon Ayuk is very, very good against man coverage specifically like what you'd call single high man coverage because he's running a lot of the deeper routes for the 49ers and the Eagles do operate a lot in man coverage 
And um, I, I just think that this matchup, when you look at Ayuk uh, going up against James Bradbury, um, I, I think that this is going to be a really good spot for Ayuk to excel. Um, he's top 10 in yards before the catch. He leads, Brandon Ayuk leads the league in ADOT for players who have 50 or more targets. So again, what have we seen against the Eagles lately? CeeDee Lamb destroys this team. Gabe Davis, 100 yards last week. Steph Diggs went over 70 yards as well. These are all players with very similar profiles on their teams. Good perimeter receivers. They work well down the field. Big A dots. Um, I, I, in my opinion, like Brandon Ayuk is is in a really good spot here. And I got this at 59 and a half um, last week, or not last week, yesterday. Um, but uh, it's moved up to 62 and a half. Uh, I think at, at most books, I would play this at like 63 or even 64. I think Brandon Ayuk's a great alternative line target. I wrote him off in, in our best bets article on site this week as well. I think there's some fantastic odds you can get at him to go 100 plus, even 125 plus. He's gone for 100 plus yards in four games already. He's gone for 125 yards in three games already. Um, Brock Purdy is healthy. We've got the Eagles secondary. Like, it would not shock me if we got another Brandon Ayuk event this week. I think he's going to be a real key for the 49ers. Um, and again, like we have a game where it's a close, close point spread. You know, the Eagles offense isn't going to be giving up or anything. Um, I don't think Ayuk is in a spot where he's going to get like three catches. I think he's going to potentially like go for a ceiling in targets here as well. So I think a big day for Brandon Ayuk, like his regular prop and certainly a guy to look for to milestones and, and ladder targets this week. I love this one. This is in the same vein of like just hitting a bet that the market has consistently been too low on. Like the market has consistently been too low on Ayuk's props. And, you know, you mentioned it. Um, this this Eagles defense is not as good as it was last year. They, the Eagles are actually number one in most fantasy points allowed to wide receivers, which just like feels kind of absolutely ridiculous because you think of this as being a good unit and it is, but they're vulnerable in the secondary. They lost both of their safeties, both of their linebackers in and free agency this offseason. So, you know, they're vulnerable in the back end and then, you know, their offense is good enough to force opposing offenses to need to push the ball a little bit more aggressively than they otherwise would. And that's how you end up in a situation where the Eagles just allowing opposing wide receivers to get a lot of production. And then you look at Ayuk, he's been impressive this year. Like he was really good last year, went over a thousand yards receiving. And then this year in his nine full games, he has 838 yards receiving, you know, like this yeah. is easily a situation. I love the latter idea. This is easily a situation where you could see Ayuk just absolutely go off. And you mentioned the high a dot. If people look at the free uh, air yards tool that we have at fantasy life, like you see Ayuk is one of the league leaders just in terms of uh, like share market share of air yards and everything yep. like that. Like he's up there and I totally agree with you on this. My projection is 69.2. Uh, so you know, over the, the 59 and a half, I, I think there's certainly some value there. Um, again, continuing in this vein of, Hey, I've bet this before and I'm doing it again. Khalif Raymond. This is disgusting. I will just say that this is like outright disgusting, but Khalif Raymond over 16 and a half yards receiving. Uh, I bet this last week on Thanksgiving and Khalif Raymond had, was it like nine, 90 yards? <laughs> he had 90 yards. He had on a five big target. game, didn't he? Did he have 90 yards for, the, I mean, I know yeah, he had, he had, a had big nine, game. That's, I didn't know he had yeah, 90 yards. Okay, 90 sorry. yards on five targets, which like he also feels like a candidate for ladder bets just based on the way that he gets his production. Cause like he is also like a deep receiver 
um, you know, high a dot and his, you know, explosiveness just kind of speaks for itself. Since he joined the lions, uh, in 2021, he's averaged 9.3 yards per target this year. He's at 10.9. Like that is, uh, an elite number now, like granted he is a situational player. Like this year, he has a route rate of at least 50% in only two games. And since the week nine bye, he's had 33, 32, and 34% route rates. Like he is a situational player. He's the number four wide receiver. I will just say it is like, it is definitely a smidge degenerate to be betting the over or to be betting at all on a guy who's a number four wide receiver, but uh, it is intelligently degenerate uh, for the year. Raymond has a, like, it's a solid number, a 20% target rate. And since the yeah. buy that's jumped up to like an Amon Ross St. Brown, like 28%. Like he's not just a guy out there running wind sprints. Like when he's on the field, he has a decent chance of seeing targets. Like Ben Johnson, the coordinator for the team, he has a solid sense of how and when he wants to use Khalif Raymond. So when Raymond is out there, he has a decent chance of getting targets. And again, I mentioned the efficiency that he's had since he joined the lions 10.9 yards per target this year. So that means he doesn't even need to see that many targets to have a good chance of going over 16.5, which he has done in nine of 11 games, nine of 11 games. He's gone over this number and it's not as if the usage that he has seen now is all that much less than it has been throughout the course of the season. And then this week going against the saints, Without number one cornerback Marshawn Lattimore, who's on IR, maybe also without free safety Marcus May, who's dealing with a shoulder injury, and they are in the Superdome. So, you know, obviously, Jared Goff, an indoor cat, you prefer to play him at home, but he's still at least at the Superdome indoors. There could be some weather issues with a number of games this week. We won't have weather issues in this game. So pristine environment playing on the, the fast track in the Superdome, I do think Raymond is a candidate for ladders, given the way that he gets his production. So Khalif Raymond over 16 and a half receiving yards. It feels a little bit dirty, but uh, man, I do think that there is some value here. If you look at Khalif Raymond's just just like production, like don't look at their stats or you like all that junk. You look at Khalif Raymond versus Josh Reynolds versus Jamison Williams the last four weeks. You would probably just assume Khalif Raymond is like the number two wide receiver beside Amon Ross St. Brown because he's outproduced both of them and or he's at least matched their production. Actually, he has outproduced both of them, really. Um, and like like you said, I mean, I think that I think the reason Raymond doesn't play too many snaps is he's he's just more of like what you'd call not a gadget player, but like a a burner. Like he's I don't think he's like a great run block or anything like that, but certainly when they go three wide and they're starting to spread things out, he's obviously their preferred downfield option. He's probably just better at his job too than the other two guys. So um, yeah, this is another one. I mean, I, I I'm shocked that the prop is not adjusted here. He's gone over this and what did, what did you say? Nine of 11, right? Yeah. Nine of 11. Like, it's, I'm it's just outrageous. looking at his stat line. I mean, I don't, I don't even, I see like one under so crazy. Yeah. I'm crazy. I'm surprised yeah. this isn't at like 20, 22 yards or something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. The next one here that you have on the board, uh, Samaj P. Ryan over 15 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I like this one. I remember I, yeah. I took a, a P. Ryan over a few yeah. weeks ago 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and then the prop, I think, jumped up into the 20s. And now it's back here at a more reasonable number. Talk to me about this one. Yeah, it, it's pretty simple. We talked, we did talk about P Ryan like a couple of weeks ago. It was definitely you who brought it up. And I think it was around this number. It might have even been lower when you brought it up, but it certainly jumped. But, you know, just looking, I mean, th- this, this has gone back down. I mean, I bet this yesterday at 15 and a half. Again, I think it's moved to 16 and a half. I'd be fine playing it there. We have this projected, I think, in our aggregate projections on site around 21 which I think makes a lot of sense. You look at Pirine, again, last week, okay, he caught one pass, not a big deal. The Broncos were ahead the entire game. Um, Pirine also just ran the ball pretty well. And like, I mean, the Broncos just didn't throw much. It's it's not a big deal. But the Broncos realistically, um, when they get in the, the, the hurry-up situations, the two-minute drills, Pirine absolutely dominates the snaps. And, and he's very, very good at his job. He's, I would call him like a top 10 receiving running back. Um, he has gone for 16 yards or more receiving in nine of 11 games. A couple of those games he's, he's ended like right at 16. So I don't want to oversell that, but, um, he's still getting targeted, um, like a target per route run rate of, of 25% as four of his last five games as well. So like when he's running routes, I mean, he's getting targeted a decent amount, certainly Russell Wilson playing conservative, playing the game manager. Um, just likes that option. We've seen him target him like five or six times in a game before. And then this is, this is why I really kind of like it. I mean, we have the Broncos as three and a half point underdogs this week. CJ Stroud is certainly going to put some pressure on this team. This is not going to be last week's game where the Broncos were getting gift after gift and just able to just run Javante Williams and P Ryan into the line 30 times. It's just not, I just don't think that's going to happen this week. So um, not only do, does this grade out as a nice edge in our projections, the game flow is with us. We've got a player who who basically just, I wouldn't even say he gets mixed in. He dominates the hurry up snaps. Like he is on the field for the two minute snaps. And I think you you kind of look what he did last week. I, I almost wouldn't be shocked if we saw a little bit more Samaj P. Ryan. He actually ran the ball better than Javante Williams last week. So I wouldn't be shocked if you saw just a little bit more of him this week. I still think Williams is going to be their short yards back, whatever. But um, you could see a little bit more Samaj P. Ryan and certainly I think this game just may dictate that you see a little bit more of him as well. So like this one, like I said, it's just projecting too low. I'd play it at least up to 16 and a half. Yeah, I have this at 18.9. And as you mentioned, Broncos, three, three and a half point road underdogs. Uh, and it's nice that, you know, they're playing indoors. Uh, and so you don't have to worry about any of the weather situation. Yeah, they could have a little bit more of a, a pass heavy game script. Uh, yeah, 16 and a half, 15 and a half. That's just too low. That's a little bit too low. 16 and a half is more understandable, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just last week, this number was 18 and a half. Um, so yeah, I think dropping down, you know, like you might think, oh, it's only three yards, but you know, for like the difference between 18 and a half and 15 and a half is actually pretty significant. So, um, yeah, actually very much like this one. All right. Sam Howell over 38 and a half pass attempts. Now I will say this is the first bet this year where I am going strongly against my projection. I have this projected at 36.1 and uh, I, I just don't care. I am taking the over. I absolutely love this bet just like for the vibes. Um, I think it's hard a little bit for my projections to cut, catch up to just how committed the commanders are to passing the ball this year. They're number two in pass frequency over expected. Number three, an early down pass rate. Uh, they are nine and a half point underdogs. 
in a game that has a week high 49 and a half point total. So we're expecting points in this game. If we see points, I think it's going to come because uh, teams were passing the ball and the commanders will probably need to throw in order to keep up with the Dolphins. And like that just has not been a problem for Sam Howell. He leads the league with 40.5 pass attempts per game. And the team has ramped up his passing volume as the season has progressed. So in weeks one through six, 35.7 attempts per game. That's not like uh, a low number, but it's not like a, an incredibly high number either. It's like respectable for a guy who is, uh, I want to say like a project, but a guy who is not a franchise quarterback, or at least not certain to be a franchise quarterback. But since week seven, they have treated him as if like he is a franchise quarterback and like the amount of trust that they are putting in him to run the offense. Since week seven, he has had at least 42 attempts in each game with an average of 45.3. That is just like a burning number. That's like uh, like peak Tom Brady type of passing volume. So, I mean, just I think based on what we have seen out of Sam Howell recently, and the situation in which he finds himself as a really big underdog in a game that's likely to have a lot of points, I think we will see some passing here. Now, I think some of the reason why this number is like as low as it is, is because of the weather. Um, but I don't think the weather is actually going to be terrible right now. It looks like there's a 50% chance of precipitation, but it's more like showers versus heavy rain. Uh, the low temperature for the day is expected to be 46 degrees, which like that is not bad. Like it's not as if we're going to have like freezing rain in this situation. The wind is projected for less than eight miles per hour. Like I don't think weather is actually going to be a big factor in this game. So you put all that together. I hate betting against my projection, but I am just getting major over vibes from Howell in this spot. Yeah, definitely. Howell's been um, like a freight train in terms of pass attempts and just pa passing in general. Kind of feels like Bruce Arians is running the Washington offense right now. I learned my lesson with this last week. I took some Howell unders in my uh, underdog pickums on Thanksgiving and I got smashed by, I think, like the first half. So, um, yeah, I mean, even with the bad weather, I mean, I just Washington just doesn't commit to the run and they're going to be behind in this game, most likely. So, you know, I, I think that you would need some sort of like really bad rain throughout the whole game. But like you said, I don't, I mean, again, it's weather. You don't really want to be betting on a weather forecast anyways. That's like 50, 50. And if, if that gets you, I, this is one of those bets where if like the weather gets you, I'd just live with it. But like, you know, I, I, I think that it's, it's probably going to be fine as well. So. All right. So Howell, hopefully we get there. Damian Pierce. Over 23 and a half rushing yards. And I'll say when I was uh, researching for props this week, this one did catch my eye just because like he's gone over this number yeah. in so many games. Um, he didn't have great usage last week, but you think maybe some of that was just because he was returning from injury. What are you thinking with this number here? Oh, and I mean, not just injury. I just think the, the matchup in the game flow too. I mean, definitely a little bit of sure. Like Devin Singletary is a bit of the guy. Pierce is, is definitely like had it had an ankle injury. Maybe his efficiency is hundred percent, but I really think the Texans, I mean, they were down pretty much the whole game against the Jaguars. They were always kind of in comeback mode. Um, they only handed the ball off 11 times to their RBs. That's really not their norm, right? Like they have, they have handed the ball off like 30 plus times in games. And I just think it's good to have context like that. Cause 
again, Damian Pierce's snap count. Oh, he only played 11 snaps. But the other part of this is he took 42% of the carries, right? So there's like, it's like a glass half full, glass half empty. Like Devin Singletary had, had I think, six carries. Pierce had five. So Pierce still took like almost 50% of the carries last week. And I think that just shows that they still want to keep him involved. At least that's my opinion. I don't see this as, oh, Devin Singletary is playing 85% of the snaps. Pierce is going to get like two touches. I would be a little bit shocked if that happens. And at this low total, what do we, I, we need eight carries. Eight carries with three yards per carry is 24 yards. That, I think that's really like a floor. And, and I think that we will probably get there. I think the other part of this is just, it's the Broncos rush defense. The Broncos have certainly improved defensively. Their rush defense is still a concern. The 31st in success rate against the run. They've allowed nine different RBs to rush for over 30 yards against them in their last six games. So again, it's looking pretty good for Damian Pierce here. If we get to eight carries, I think there's scenarios where he gets to like 10 or 11 carries in this game, just because it's the Broncos. Um, and the other factor is here. I mean, look, if he gets like four or five carries, he could still hit it. It's just such a low total. Um, I, I, yeah, this one stuck out to me, obviously, right away as well. I, I got to bet it. It's just too low. I think Pierce stays involved. And I think at the very least, the Broncos are going to get us there because of how many uh, yards they just allow on the ground anyways. All right. Looking at my projections here, I have this at 32.7. So, you know, pretty significantly over the 23 and a half there that's in the market. And you look at Damian Pierce and what he's done this year. The only week this year in which he has failed to go over this number was last week. So yeah. there's like some potential recency bias creeping in here. And there's also, you know, like the buy low opportunity. 24 and a half is easily the lowest number that Damian Pierce has had in the market this season, uh, followed only by last week's number, which was 27 and a half. But, you know, before Damian Pierce was injured, 53 and a half was the number that he had in the market. So, I mean, obviously, we're probably not going back to the heights of those numbers with Devin Singletary now having a much larger role. But yeah, 24 and a half, uh, 23 and a half, rather 23 and a half, 24 and a half. Uh, that just that feels that feels low. So with you there. All right. We started the show with Patrick Mahomes, who is probably the most interesting player uh, playing on Sunday night football. We're closing the loop here with another guy playing in that game Tucker Craft who might be the oh, no, least he's, he's on Monday player. night football Matt wrong game what Tucker Craft, Tucker Craft? It, oh no sorry I'm god I was thinking of just sorry go ahead it, it's it's sad that like we can we can nail in, whatever was, we can nail like the Britney Spears references no, and the Madonna I know, we can't get the football but, players right I was yeah. thinking of the the Bengals and their crappy tight ends never mind go ahead oh yes yes yes, yes. Yeah. no um, no, Tucker, Tucker craft. I'll, like the, and this is like the perfect, uh, generic tight end name, you know, yeah, like, I know, like, I yeah. can't even remember what team he's on. That's how, like, it's anyways, yeah. I've, I've made the segment better than it is from my ineptitude. So well, go I ahead. Mean, sorry. Hey, look, this is, this is almost proving the point that like someone who like does media professionally in sports, like can't exactly place Tucker craft because like he is that unimportant to the offense for the Packers. So he was previously the number two tight end. Then number one tight end, Luke Musgrave suffered an abdomen injury on IR was out last week, which meant Tucker craft was elevated. So last week he had a career high 88% route rate. Um, what did he do with it? 
the small school rookie had just two targets with a 7% target rate. And you might be like, oh, 7%. That is really low. We shouldn't expect it to be that low moving forward. The thing is, 7% is his target rate for the season. Like whenever he's been on the field and like before that, he was getting like a decent number of snaps and routes as the number two tight end. Whenever he was on the field, he was still not drawing targets. He was still getting just 7% as the, the target rate, just an absolutely abominable number. So he is unimportant to this passing offense. He's never had more than three targets in a game and his 6.5 yards per target is just like a very mediocre mark, like an un, an unremarkable number for a tight end. So even if let's say he has like a great game in terms of volume and he has a career high four targets, even that still gives him a decent chance of hitting the under. So Tucker craft, I mean, this is a disgusting bet to be making, like to think of like, Oh, I have an edge on the like uh, least important member of the Packers offense, but this number I think is just too high. So under 26 and a half, that is where I'm looking. So Tucker craft and Tanner Hudson should absolutely get together and do like a podcast when they both retire. Um, Cause that was the guy I was mixing him up with on Cincinnati, but uh, I, yeah, this is, it's, it's a massive number. I mean, the, the chiefs are a good defense. The other thing is Josiah. I can't pronounce this guy. I forget how this guy's last. Josiah Degura. Degora, yeah, yeah, he's he may play this week, and the Packers will mix him in. So it's just more competition for targets um, if he plays. But yeah, I mean Tucker Craft. I almost called him Tanner Craft. Now, um, I mean he's he's like again like the 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 Packers have a multitude of weapons now. Wide receiver, everyone's healthy. Reed, Dobbs, Watson. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, Tucker craft, yeah. if he gets over this, like you just live with it. Right. So yeah. it's a big number. I, I agree. It's, it's a very solid one to end the week with, and it is Sunday night football and he does play for the Packers. <laughs> All right, there we go. We, we have confirmation Tucker craft. He is an NFL player who plays for the Packers and he will be on the field for Sunday night football. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the betting life podcast brought to you by fantasy life. Please subscribe to the show. Tell your degenerate betting friends, join the discord, see all of our bets and the 100% free fantasy life bet tracker and follow us on social media at the fantasy grind and Matt F the Oracle. Thank you. And see you again next episode.